0: Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ.
1: Pray with me, please. Father, some incredibly uh, clear instructions uh, from Paul uh, regarding what it might look like uh, or perhaps what it should look like for us to be living spirit-filled lives. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to process what we've just heard. I pray that you might help us to be inclined to return to those words and work through them on our own. But more importantly, help us to grapple a bit with what it will look like for us to apply those words. It is in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Amen. Continuing with this theme, again, the call today is a call to spirit-filled living and a reminder, let's be different um, we've looked thus far at a call to revision reminding us that everything changes and for ministry to be increasingly effective We must continually be adapting Understanding what can change what should change and what must never change uh, We have wrestled a bit with a call to prayer We talk about knowing where God is moving and joining him and we cannot know those things if we don't ask then we considered a call to mission We do what we do for a reason And we said God loves us God loves others And God has called us to take his message Of life transformation uh, To those around us The call to maturity was next And again, continued spiritual growth Is the expectation for every Christ follower You don't get extra credit for just getting older in Jesus All right? If so, some of us have got that master without even trying. You don't get credit just for showing up. There is an expectation that we move toward maturity. And unlike just plain getting chronologically older, there is no limit to how far we can mature in Christ. So there is a clear call to maturity. That's kind of what we're about. Then there's the call to oneness. And we considered that... We are called to unity without uniformity. Praise Jesus, we don't all have to be alike, alright? Because for some of us, that would be really uncomfortable, alright? But we are called to be unified in that mission. We are called to be unified, or one, in that call to prayer, in that call to maturity, in that call to revision, And then today, as I've said, it is a call to spirit-filled living. He must make a difference in us. It's that simple, folks. And, And I'll come back to that in just a moment. Today, as we talk about the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, just one quick, friendly reminder that... In 2019, from October 6th through November 3rd, we had a five-week teaching series on the subject of the Holy Spirit. If you need access to the Sermon.net app, see me afterwards for those messages, a refresher on the Holy Spirit, the personal Holy Spirit, a little explanation then on the Trinity, or to catch up on any of the previous revision messages. And again, that's not just because I feel better if you listen to be honest with you I haven't even gone back and checked the stats to see how many people are listening But it is about having you embrace the totality of the experience so that we all hear What everybody else hears and increase the likelihood we can be unified in purpose without uniformity Today as you just listen, we're looking primarily at the first 20 verses in chapter 5 of Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus Toward the tail end of that passage And again, because you were listening to it in a fashion a little different than usual If I were reading it, I might have kind of backed up and re-emphasized it But toward the end of that passage Paul gave some crystal clear instructions To us as Christ's followers And he said Simply Instead Be filled With the spirit He's writing to a church here He's writing to folks that have embraced his message And are trying to apply it And he says There's all kinds of stuff going on around you But instead of that I want you to be filled With the spirit Those words are the foundation of our call today Paul prepares us for those words, instead, be filled with the Spirit, with a series of contrasts to paint a picture of what Spirit-filled living looks like. Um, Some of you may be familiar with, uh, I, I think there are, there's a website, I think there's a book, I've seen them on TV shows doing bits. The concept of eat this, not that, you know what I'm saying? Steve, eat this instead of a double Whopper with cheese and a super order fries. Eat this, not that, all right? And And so to me, Paul is doing a this, not that. He's saying, do this, not that. Spirit-filled living is this. That is not spirit-filled living. Now again, I, I don't, I don't want you to think that I don't think you guys are sharp, uh, when I state the obvious. But, but I think I, it, it needs to be said that when we pause to think about it, it is important for us to remember that the best way for us individually and the best way for us collectively to be and do all that God calls us to be and do is by focusing on living in a fashion that consistently reflects that we are filled with the Spirit. So these contrasts that Paul gives are crucial. And again, sometimes... Even though we know stuff, even though it may seem obvious, it's important to be reminded of that. If that were not the case, there wouldn't be red flashing lights in a bar that comes across the train tracks, all right? Sometimes we need to be reminded of the obvious. Hey, don't pull out in front of there when a train's coming by. Obviously, we've all heard the stories about folks who didn't pay attention. So, again, I'm just going to restate, uh, in my own words, some of the contrasts that Paul threw out with, in some cases, fairly minimal uh, commentary. Spirit-filled living imitates God rather than imitating the world. Paul started out that passage in, in Ephesians chapter 5, and he said, imitate God. And, and, again, we just need to stop once in a while... And say who or what do we model our lives after? And does it lead us closer to God or further away from Him? Do this, not that. Do I shape my life? Do the things that influence my life most guide me toward God or do they reflect things That are contrary to God or at the very least benign towards God. Um, Paul says something interesting in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says this. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Do you understand the magnitude of what he's saying? He is saying to his readers, I'm so confident that I am living a spirit-filled life that if you imitate me, you're gonna be rock solid in your spiritual life. Wow. Imitate, or excuse me, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. When we are living spirit-filled lives, we can have the assurance of knowing that if someone imitates our lives, it will lead them closer to him. Oh, my goodness. I wonder, any of us here have people in our lives who may not be walking with God? any of us here friends? Parents? We have parents. Co-workers. Are we living spirit-filled lives that show we are imitating God to such an extent that they will in no way be led astray if they follow our example? Wow. Wow. If you just stop listening right now, I think you got enough to chew on. But just in case, we'll keep going. But just a reminder. To me... Back up. Spirit-filled living imitates God rather than imitating the world. Just a reminder of my title. Let's be different. Let's be different. Next contrast Paul gives, and he makes it crystal clear in that passage that you listen to. Spirit-filled living embraces purity and morality rather than impurity and sexual immorality. Again, not to be overly simplistic, but friends, if God the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, doesn't it stand to reason that purity or holiness should be more prevalent in our lives than impurity and immorality? I mean, I mean, doesn't that just make sense? And friends, remember what I just said, or what I just quoted Paul as saying as far as imitating God rather than imitating the world? Just curious, did anybody of you watch the Super Bowl? Did any of you feel you needed a shower or to repent once the halftime show started? Friends, the world is not going to say, here's God, let's follow him. I, I read one, one site that, that I get regular emails from, and, and I'm just, this is just a bunny trail but tolerate it for a moment, all right? They said, what we don't realize or may not realize by that halftime show is the pornography industry was thumbing their nose at us and saying, we're in charge. Spirit-filled living embraces purity and morality rather than impurity and sexual immorality if we are living spirit filled lives purity morality should be what oozes out Paul addresses this in a couple different places 1st Thessalonians in chapter 4 he said for god did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life is there anything unclear about that friends it's just pretty clear verse 8 therefore anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being but god the very god who gives you his holy spirit Spirit spirit-filled living is how god empowers us equips us enables us To make the right choices. In Titus. Paul puts it this way. For the grace of God has appeared. That offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled. Upright and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior. Jesus Christ. Friends. God's spirit, spirit spirit-filled living, enables him to teach us, to equip us, to empower us, to say no. And to say yes. No to the wrong things, yes to the right things. Let's be different. He continues there in Titus chapter 2. Let me back up. Since I lost my lost my track here Appearing to the glory of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own Eager to do what is good Friends eager to do what is good Again back to the eat this not that Sometimes it's like, oh, do I really have to? It doesn't have to be there with the Holy Spirit guiding us when it comes to doing what's right and what's wrong. It doesn't have to be, I don't, I really, really want to watch that halftime show. I don't want to turn it off. It's like, oh my gosh, how quick can I turn this off? Friends, His very own eager, to do what is good. Again, a reminder, just let's be different. Spirit-filled living seeks light and transparency rather than darkness and secrecy. I wonder... Would it make you uncomfortable to bust out your phone and show your search history to your neighbor? Just a thought. Do you ever grab the remote to change the channel when someone walks in the room? Are you ever places where it would be uncomfortable if I joined you? just wondering because I mean we say that God is everywhere and he sees everything just think about it we have a culture I mean we even have not that I've ever been there I saw it on TV we even have the dark web as if the regular web isn't dark enough I mean really (laughs) really It can be even worse. Well, obviously I know it can be. Spirit-filled living seeks light and transparency rather than darkness and secrecy. Friends, do a search sometime. I did. John chapter 3. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Oh my goodness, that that wasn't written yesterday. That was written thousands of years ago. But it's just as true, if not truer today, than it was then. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Continuing in John chapter 8, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If we say, I follow Jesus, then we have the light and we have no place in darkness. And darkness has no authority over us unless we give it. Somebody should have said amen, I'm sorry. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 46. Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If we stay in darkness, it's not because Jesus isn't capable, it's because we choose to stay in darkness. It's just the way it is first Peter chapter 2 but you y'all are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light Jesus is saying come here come to the light and we're saying, can I just stay here in the twilight? Because, you know, some of the stuff we'll hide and, and some of the... And, uh, no. He's saying, come out of darkness. Then, in case John's gospel was not enough, he came back to it when he started writing letters. First John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. So in other words, God told John and John's telling us. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. One or the other. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. I wonder, does that make us uncomfortable? Let's be different. Spirit-filled living pursues godly wisdom, wisdom, rather than the foolishness of evil. I, I this is not intended to be offensive. Most of us, if somebody looks us in the face and calls us a fool, our hackles raise a little bit. Okay? I I get that. If you push me, I'm just naturally, it's just my, I'm just going to lean into that push. All right? But if you spend much time in Scripture at all, it makes it crystal clear. That godliness is wise, and ungodliness is foolishness. Spend some time in proverbs for a minute, okay spirit filled living pursues godly wisdom rather than the foolishness of evil. Just to recap some of what paul said as we as, as we listen to that passage, Ephesians chapter five verse ten says Find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. Here's a clue, folks. Ask him and he'll tell you. Read his word and he will tell you. Look at people who are doing what Paul said in imitating God in a fashion that is worthy for you to imitate. And you'll see. Make, make the effort to find out what pleases the Lord. Again, kinda like we've been saying about the church, we, we have an incredible capacity to do what we wanna do and ask God to be pleased with it. You feel me? God, I'm gonna do this and I'm just trusting that it'll make you happy. Well, of course it wouldn't make me happy because it's contrary to what I've told you It's contrary to everything that I am and everything I stand for No, it's not going to make me happy Well, but but I'd really like you to like this But it's foolish. I'm not going to like it Well, no, but I'm going to do it anyway, so I think you should like it Now it, it sounds ridiculous when I say it that way, doesn't it? But how many times do we live it that way? Find out what pleases the Lord, and then do it. (laughs) Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I don't think it's unreasonable to work back from that. And to say that if I'm not working to understand what the Lord's will is then I'm being foolish. Just a thought. Let's be different. And then at the tail end of the passage that you looked at or listened to, and it's been long enough that we have probably forgot what it said, uh, but as he was wrapping up, Paul said, spirit-filled living worships with thanksgiving, rather than being distracted by the world. He concluded his call to spirit-filled living by reminding us of the importance of living in an attitude of thanksgiving and worship rather than being distracted by all the things around us that will lead us farther from God rather than drawing us closer to him. Let's be different. Let's be different by living lives that are not content to be desensitized by all the stuff around us, all the stuff that sucks up our time and distracts us from the things of God. Instead, seeking to worship him with thanksgiving, not just between 10 and eleven fifteen on Sunday morning, but as a part of our lives on a consistent basis, not being desensitized by all the stuff of life. Let's be different. Pray with me, please. Father, it is my prayer uh, that uh, those who have old-fashioned Bibles would stick a marker in Ephesians chapter 5 and go back after listening to what I've said and, and read it on their own. It is my prayer that those who use digital devices would do the same. It is my prayer that those who have neither done either would just grab their device at some point today and do a search. Ephesians 5. And just work back through what you had to say as you call us to spirit-filled living. Father, I, I'm, I suspect that for many of us, if not for most of us, we're inclined to kind of straddle the line between light and dark. Some areas of our lives, we, we're, we're good. We're good with standing in the light. Other areas of our lives, we kind of want to lean the other direction. I pray that each one of us would especially be haunted by the the concept, by the question, am I imitating God enough that others will be drawn closer to him by my example? Not that I've already got it mastered, but that I keep leaning into it. And that if they were to do the same, they would be drawn forward I ask this father in the presence and the power of your son's name and I ask it with confidence because I know that's what you want for us so it is in Jesus name we pray amen Greg? she wants to share with you today so uh, come right on up on this step come on There you
2: go. All right. There you go. I've got a lot of responses from this little tear-off. So, again, like I did last week, uh, I want you to tear it off. Um, You can put your name on the back. On the one side it says, pray until something happens. We're doing corporate prayer here at the church on Friday night starting at 6 o'clock. You do not have to sign up for that. You just have to show up for that. Um, for two hours and then again on saturday for two hours um, and then there's individual time slots there, an hour okay we would love to have people sign up um, and spend an hour in prayer you can spend it on the ice if there is any ice you can spend it out in the woods watching the squirrels any place where you praise the lord you can spend an hour in prayer We can also spend a half hour in prayer on Sunday morning, starting at 9 o'clock. And if you want to come in at 9.03 or 9.28, you're welcome to come in and pray. And it just has a phenomenal feeling um, to start your morning with that. And again, just any time that you're spending in a conversation with the Lord, things happen. So... I will be, again, in the back. I all have ink pens this time, so you can put your name on there. You can circle. You can hand it in any time. Um, I'm also looking for prayer captains, and that would be a person that spends three hours um, getting an email at the top of the hour that says, or or text that says, hey, I'm starting to pray. Or if they've forgotten, you can remind them. Um, but somebody that would be willing to do that for a three-hour time slot. So that's all I have.
1: Thanks, Lord. As the worship team makes